This is Trace Mayer, and you're listening to Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. Anyways, this is a public service announcement about the annual celebration of Proof of Keys. That's where the entire community withdraws all their Bitcoins to addresses where they hold the private keys and run a full node. So visit ProofofKeys.com to learn more about why and how you should participate. And please make a small change to your Twitter handle to show your support. Thanks. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is uh, December the 16th, 2019, baby. Strong hand. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. In motion. Five-digit realm. Oh, yeah. You're living in the future, baby. One day closer to it. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the apex predator. Offended by selling. We're going to talk about that. You should really be offended by selling this time of year because we're getting close to that halving. Oh, if you made it this far and then you sell, ouch, that's not conviction. But this is conviction. Be a unique beast. Be relentless. Hello there, my elite friends, all you unique beasts out there. Welcome to the show. There'll be time for questions. You can send a super chat. You can type in Bitcoin Meister in there. I will see your question and I will answer your question. If you're watching this taped, I guess you can't ask questions. You can leave it in the comments section. I'm going to answer a question somebody left on Twitter, but you can play this at 2x speed to uh, be more efficient in your uh, lives. All right. And let us start out with what I just said. Uh, there are about 150 days until the uh, halving. Alistair Milne typed out or tweeted out that uh, there were 150 days. I, I'm not counting, and it, it could change a little bit. But it probably is. 150 days from today is going to be the 2020 Bitcoin halving. And no excuse. If you made it this far with your strong hand, hanging on to that Bitcoin, making it through the highs, the lows, the FUD, the exuberance, and now you capitulate now? Oh, my. Now you panic? 150 days away? I, I don't get it. Now, I mean, I'm already in the party mood. I mean, you know, New Year's Eve is coming up. That's I'm not partying on New Year's Eve. I'm partying on having day. I'll be in Tel Aviv for the Tel Aviv Bitcoin having party if all goes well. And you know that's going to be some party. And we're all going to be pounding that like button. And a lot of people will be pounding all sorts of stuff there, pounding drinks, pounding some fine. Well, anyway, so speaking of Tel Aviv, Udi Wertheimer, who I see at the when I'm in Tel Aviv right now, I'm in Tucson, Arizona, you know, like the Beatles song. Uh, but when I'm in Tel Aviv at the Bitcoin embassy, I always see my buddy Udi Wertheimer there. And he's quite a friendly man. Now, on Twitter, I link to him below. A lot of you know him on Twitter uh, because his commentary on Ethereum. And man, he commented about Ethereum a lot today. I'm not going to comment on it. If you want to hear things about Ethereum that aren't so great, <laughs> go over there. I, I don't agree with Udi all the time. I, I think they're going to be able to pull everything off. Hey, it's great that they have a guy critiquing them. Uh that, that if someone's watching over you, in theory, you're going to be able to run your operation 
uh, more efficiently and better. Now, Udi just has a way that really kind of inflames the, the Ethereum people. I know some people watching this video, they're really anti-Ethereum. I'm not anti-Ethereum. I think they should, I don't really care what they do over there. Let them, let them innovate. But uh, yeah, if you're one of those people that don't like Ethereum, or if you want to learn more about Ethereum and their hard fork situation, uh, go, go to Udi's uh, Twitter feed. It's it's linked to below. It's 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 something else today. I mean, I read it every day just to learn things. And, and he'll mention Ethereum every day, but sometimes there's there's lots of stuff on it. And he's a great guy to follow. But today it was just whoa, like a wall of Ethereum. I, I couldn't take it. I'm like, yeah, I'll let the viewers decide on their own if they want to if they want to talk about this. I can't I can't talk about it. I get it. all right. Uh, I'm I'm getting ready for the having hype. We, it hasn't started yet, people, even though we're 150 days out. Well, we were 150 days out back in 2016. It hadn't started yet either, the halving hype. That that was around uh, 150 days out was around February of, of 2016. And we, we were just about to – we're getting close. We were getting close to the hype and the people writing about it and the uh, upward trend. We had just had the Mike Hearn uh, panic sell. So, I mean, there are a lot of people that are like, wow, how, how, how can things change around when we get, how is everything going to change in terms of the fiat price? The price is going down. How will it ever go up again? Uh, back in the end of 2015, it was the same thing. It had gotten up to like close to 500. Then we had the Mike Hearn thing. It was back into 300. People were like, woe is me. It's going to zero. Oh, you naive people. Just wait. Just have a strong hand and be patient. All right. Now, and it's just, it's hilarious because I've been talking about this uh, 2016, 2020 having for four years, literally four years now. And then we're 150 days away. It, it's kind of surreal when you look at it that way. Like it's, it's this uh, far away moment in time that you're trying to get everyone focused on. So they understand what savings is. So they don't panic. So they have just something to look forward to instead of, instead of some, you know, if you don't, if you don't have that point in the future, then it's kind of nebulous and cloudy and you're more willing to just do wild things and sell your Bitcoin. But if you know that there's that date in the future, then you can create a system that's focused on that date. And that system is just buying and holding. And I, I mean, if you've been listening to this since 2016, this message of buy and hold, 2020 having, you're in pretty darn good shape, man. All right. But I know most of you have not been uh, listening to it since watching or listening since then. Many of most of you haven't been in the space. Uh, weren't in the space in 2016 and probably at, at the start of 2017. Oh, well, it's still early. So let's talk about the block size debate again. For those of you who missed it, uh, I, and I just alluded to you guys, if you weren't around in 2016 or 2017, you didn't get to go through that. And some were saying that we needed big blocks right then. Right then in 2017, we needed them. And so long story short, they forked off twice. There are two, two coins that you, they try to say they're Bitcoin they try to say they're the real, you know, Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. These are just altcoins that forked from Bitcoin and one for, 
fork from Bitcoin Cash. Oh, I said the word. I don't usually say that. You can tell I'm tired. From Bcash, excuse me for saying that swear word there. This is a family channel. I didn't mean to say that word. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like as bad as MF, isn't it? That when you say the BC word. So uh, no, they, they, they forked off. I don't know if I've even ever said that word before here. Probably back in 2017, before we came up with the uh, glorious Bcash correct term for that. Well, anyway, they said we needed it then. They needed, we needed big blocks. Well, here's an update from Vortex. Almost no one using the BCH or BSV chains. Meanwhile, Bitcoin is still processing larger blocks than both BSV and BCH combined. And, and he shows a graphic. He, he shows statistics in the tweet that uh, these you, you can send tremendous. The blocks can be huge on BSV or BCH, but they're tiny. No one's putting anything into them. No one's using it. And combined, they're oh, <laughs> they're smaller than than, than Bitcoin. And, and so, what's what's going on over there, man? Uh, was it really that? What was the point of your coin, man? What was what was the point of all that? But hey, let them do what they want to. I hear they put weather apps in there, and I don't know what they're doing over there. But uh, yeah, go to Vortex comments on the comments on this kind of thing much more often than I do. Um, and uh, I thought it was, it was time to talk about it because there was another tweet that's very good by the uh, the four Satoshis. Which is a crew that uh, that's down with Rocky, and this crew says Segwit usage is up and Bitcoin blocks are bigger, and it shows some recent block size: 1.1 meg, 1.2 megs, 1.3, 1.4, 1.6, 1.7, 1.8, 2.33 meg block. Why do some people still say Bitcoin has one meg? Block limit, a one meg block limit. Why do some people still say it? Because it doesn't. And people still say that SegWit doesn't solve anything. SegWit doesn't help it. Well, it, it created a 2.33 meg block there, didn't it? So at times, yeah, at times you need blocks that are bigger uh, than one meg. SegWit solved that. You didn't have to fork your off your own other coins off. Uh to make you know huge blocks at that time in 2017, here in 20 end of 2019, sometimes you need 2.33 meg blocks. Okay, great. Um, hey, but you know that it, it's great that BCH forked off though, because we got that free crypto dividend and we turned it into Bitcoin, and it was awesome. So hey, it was an unfriendly fork, but you got to take a positive spin on it. Uh, crypto dividends are great. For the, this is where you get Bitcoin insider information. Most most people out there don't know. They don't know that you just hold your Bitcoin, you get rewarded with these crazy forks and airdrops. They're crypto dividends. They it's interest on your Bitcoin just by holding. In the long run, people will learn it. Big players will be like, oh, "Wait a second, I don't have to go trade back and forth, and I can just get these free forks and airdrops and turn them into Bitcoin." Wow, wow, no one talks about this. Well. No, not I won't say no one, but plenty of people talk about it. If you got the insider information, if you come here, new show every single freaking day, pound that like button. That's conviction. So I know where I'm going to be after Tucson. I leave here 
on January the 14th. So I'm here till January 14th and I'm taking a bus. Oh yeah. I discovered something called the Flix bus, the Flix bus. It's on the East Coast now too. I, I didn't know because I'm hardly ever in Baltimore. How the heck did I know? But they're in Baltimore. It's based out of Germany originally. So I guess you Europeans know about this Flix bus thing. I just paid $2.99 for a ticket to El Paso, Texas on January the 14th. I will be in El Paso, Texas for four weeks, January 14th to February 11th in the, the great state of Texas, uh, in the mountain time zone though. Uh, maybe I'll go check out the wall. I'll definitely go check out UTEP. Um, ever since I was a young boy, I would, and I liked college football back then, but I'd always turn on the TV during winter break and you'd see the Sun Bowl on CBS. And that's a football game played in El Paso. And I believe the, the stadium is actually called the Sun Bowl at uh, University of Texas, El Paso. And I'd always get a warm feeling because I knew New Year's Eve was just a few days away. It's usually played what, on the 30th of December. And uh, now I'm going to get to see the Sun Bowl in person. I'm going to get to see El Paso, which has more people living in it than Baltimore City, which is like a disgrace to Baltimore City. You know, Baltimore City used to be what? Like the... Uh, well, in the 1950s, it was like the sixth most populated city in the United States. And now it's what, 30th? And it's even below El Paso. So, and we know there's different demographics going on. Obviously, El Paso has a growing Hispanic community. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I don't know if there are Bitcoin people there. I'm going there because it's not cold during the winter. And, uh, but I got a good Airbnb deal. What can I say? Pound that like button. And uh, I got a good uh, transportation deal also, didn't I? Oh, uh, God. So it should be fun. And so, so some people, now, if you're outside of America and you're like, ooh, I know some dude from Texas, Adam should go hang out with him when he's in El Paso. It doesn't work that way in Texas. Uh, it's a big state, dudes. It's a big state. <laughs> if you know someone who's in El Paso, that, that's different. I can hang with them. All right. So, and of course, I will be in Geneva, Switzerland, April 21st to 30th. And then after that, I'll be in, in Tel Aviv uh, for quite some time. And I'm going to be in San Francisco for that big event, uh, Bitcoin event at the end of March. What is that? The, the 26th. And so I don't know where I'm going to be after El Paso. So if you have suggestions on where I should go from uh, February 11th until March 26th when I'm in San Francisco, uh, leave some suggestions. Again, it's got to be warm <laughs> or pretty warm, pretty good. I mean, some people are going to be like, oh, wait, wait, Tucson's not warm. El Paso's not warm during the winter. Yeah. You know, when it gets into the 60s most days, that's warm compared to living on the East Coast or the Midwest or Canada or so so much of uh, where you guys are right now. All right. And, yeah, I don't have to go to cold places. I That's just – I've made it in life where I don't have to be anywhere. I can go anywhere I darn please. And that's freedom, and I hope you all can get that from the Bitcoin overlay also. That, that's the goal, isn't it, in life, to to have freedom? Hey, look, Rocky's in the chat. Vention's in the chat, too. We got all sorts in there. Having show is talking the, the having hype, of course. He must be really happy. Now, Dan Tapiero reminds us that uh, he was in Asia this past week meeting institutional investors. And, again, this is one story. It, we'll, we'll see how true it is. And he got a Bitcoin revelation out there. Uh, the Bitcoin believe, it, it, believers break down along age 
just as in the US. Over 60, they still think Bitcoin is a fraud. Under 40, it is the future. In between, they are split. Every year that passes, Bitcoin gains more believers uh, and gets stronger. Now, uh, there are plenty of dudes out there that are over 60 that like Bitcoin. But general trend, yeah, in the Western world, if you're over 60, you got a lot of questions about Bitcoin. And those under 40 are much uh, more willing to accept it. And he sees that same trend in Asia, talking to institutional investors, and they got a lot of money to, to toss around. So you'd hope that more of those guys over 60 would have an open mind. Maybe things will change. But what will change, what cannot be denied, is that time marches on. Time marches on. And uh, more and more people are growing up in the Bitcoin age, and soon it'll be most people under 50. <laughs> well, and the majority of people out there will be very cool with uh, valuing their wealth in Bitcoin. So it, apparently, same trends in Asia, though. I never really, uh, when I'm in Asia, I, I talk to people that are under 40 mostly, or just a little bit over 40. So I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, when I was in Asia, I didn't, I've never met anybody over 60. I don't want to say never, but never met any Bitcoin related person over 60. It doesn't, and nothing I can recall at least. All right. Thank you for the observation, Dan Tapiero. Now you don't need to read this uh, full article that I'm linking to. I thought this, it's a good article though. I, I thought that the, the tweet quote that, that summarizes it was very inspirational, made me think. What's it say, Adam? Savings, saving is not breaking a social construct. It is itself a social construct that has been broken. Yeah. Bitcoin fixes this, people. Savings is broken right now. There's no reason to save in fiat when it's just being printed away. I mean... You'll have something. I won't. I shouldn't say there's no reason, but there's a better reason to save in the best money, because the dollar they're straight up printing it, printing it, printing, it, and they're telling you it's not. You're not going to retain wealth by just holding it. In 20 years, you're not going to be able to buy as much as you would have uh, been able to 20 years previous. Um, it's it's a spending mechanism. It is a spending mechanism. You can argue and say it shouldn't be that, but it is because the system, because savings is broken. Um, now, Bitcoin, that fixes it. So savings is, that is the default. That's what people should be doing. That shouldn't be vilified. It's not breaking a social construct, okay? It is itself a social construct that has been broken. We've forgotten savings, but Bitcoin brings us back to that, okay? So the article goes on and on about that because it was commenting on that woman's article that talked about how uh, you know, Bitcoin's best use cases are for illegal things and uh, for un uncensorable transactions. But also he points out that it is a savings mechanism. It is for savings. You use it when you save with it. That's why I love it, baby. I value my wealth in Bitcoin. Now, let us move on to the final part of the show. Oh no, there's there's two questions. 
before I get to the Twitter question. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Mr. Barefoot uh, Barry said, February to March is summer fruit season in New Zealand. Well, of course, I have been there before, and I would love to return. And that's, that's a huge trip just to go to for uh, for four, five weeks or something. We shall see, though. I appreciate the suggestion. Rocky Palumbo, saving has been a lost art form. Yes, it is. Bitcoin is bringing it back. You bet. That's a great way of saying it, uh, Rocky. Thank you. And Rocky's out in Southern California. Maybe I'll, I'll have to take the bus to Southern California. This uh, this Flix bus also goes to Los to Los Angeles. So maybe that'll be an option. It's just the Airbnbs in LA are so freaking expensive compared to like anywhere else in the United States or the world. <laughs> thanks to and it is it's thanks to the uh, tax regime and the regulation regime in in the state of California. It's it's unbelievable what they what they add on to it. But hey, let them do what they're going to do. I, I don't go to California <laughs> as much as I would like. So here is Dear. This is from uh, Sean CPDX. Sean CPDX. Maybe it's Sean, Sean C in uh, Portland. Maybe that's what that means. Hey, Dear Tech Ball, could you please make a video where you explain the importance of strong hand once and for all? Not trying to be smart, but you may have to explain it like you're speaking to an eight-year-old. Okay. Okay. That, that's legitimate there. Uh, what do I mean by strong hand? Oh, I thought this shirt said it. No, it says notorious BTC, doesn't it? Right now, we have this newfangled financial instrument called Bitcoin. And a lot of people acquire it, but then they just sell it. And they flip it or buy it back and buy things with it, trade with it. For me, strong hand is saying, I have bought this new fangled financial instrument and I am not letting go of it. I am using it as savings. I'm not doing anything impulsive with it. And I'm sticking to that. And then... You're living with that belief, with that mantra. And then you, you hear so much. There's so much temptation. Oh, well, you can get into Tether now and flip back into Bitcoin. And, oh, look at this chart. It's going to go down tomorrow. Oh, look, it's in a, a, a golden spread eagle cross. Look at the spread eagle. Look at the, uh, look at the, uh, the twig and berries. Bitcoin chart, you should sell. You should be, but no, what strong hand is, is you're not tempted by that. You're holding on to that Bitcoin. You're holding the Bitcoin with a very strong, is there all sorts of temptations? Why don't you trade it for Ethereum? Ethereum's the, the next Bitcoin. Strong hand is just the philosophy of holding onto your Bitcoin, thinking long-term, not being impulsive not being tempted by all the people out there, all the crypto noise out there saying to sell your Bitcoin or to, I, I don't know, loan it out to someone to get interest. Strong hand is very simple. It's just controlling your private key, having it on a hardware wallet. It's not a strong, you're not, you don't have a strong hand with Bitcoin if you're keeping it on Coinbase. You really don't. You really don't, because you really don't own it then. So how do you have, a strong hand on your Bitcoin. Now, what? Now, what's a weak hand? 
A weak hand is a person who says, yeah, I'm holding Bitcoin. And then the next thing they know, you know, they trade it. They panic. That That's a weak hand. So I hope you get that. I hope that was a good explanation for the eight-year-olds out there or for people who, you know, don't, don't grasp the concept. It is you know, just having savings, since so many people are not familiar with savings anymore, it's hard for them to grasp the concept of holding on to something for a long period of time. And that is what having a strong hand is. You're never letting go of it. You're never letting go of that Bitcoin. Your virtual hand is like this on that Bitcoin. And I mean, even after 2020 having, you're still hanging on to that thing as long as you can because you value your wealth in Bitcoin. You are you, you have a long-term vision of what it's going to be able to get you in the future, how it's going to be able to change your life. And so you don't let go of it. That is the essence of the strong hand. Don't panic. That is what, and you just, you don't worry about the day-to-day price changes. You don't look at the price every second because that can weaken your grasp on your Bitcoin. If you don't have that conviction mentality, some of us, we have some of us just can't get tempted. Some and a lot of it has to do with age. You have to, um, you know, younger people are are more impulsive than older people. So the strong hand, it is the elimination of the the desire to be impulsive. All right. Uh, when you don't worry, it's a breath of fresh air. I like that. Yeah. So don't, and that strengthens your hand. Don't worry. You have to be able to, you know, with your strong hand, shield off all that crypto noise, fight it off. Uh, and so, and I have seen so many weak hands through the years. So many, you know, so many people who said they were strong hands. And then when Bitcoin hit 3000, they capitulated. No, it's, it's, Hey, the default in life is to be a collectivist and go with the flow and to be a weak hand and to panic and to be impulsive and not to have long-term thinking. That's, that's the, it's, it's an acquired skill to have a strong hand and to be able to defer, to defer gratification. You choose. You choose. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture. It is, it is up to you, though. It is up to you. All right. Good question there, dudes. You guys can ask questions like that on Twitter or in the comments section. I'll, I'll answer them or in the chat. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. I'm actually tired today because I did my sprint day. First time doing my sprint day in Tucson. But those, those um, and, and that's uh, interval training. When you sprint, <laughs> basically 15, I do it 15 times in a row as hard as you can um, for 70 yards. So later in the day, you can feel a little bit. So I'm looking forward to going to sleep. Uh, I'm also the Disrupt Meister. So pound that like button. <laughs> Click on that square. Uh, thanks a lot, dudes. I will say hi to you in the chat. See ya. Bye.